right. <clears throat> hey, everybody. <sighs> Welcome. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. I think it's been two weeks. Hold on. It's Sunday morning on C. Let's just turn that off. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, it's been two weeks. Unfortunately, all last week I was sick. Um, my daughter is sick, so we're both going through it together. Um, she is still sick. Actually, she's a little bit worse worse than me. <clears throat> Last week, I was really out of it. I just, I couldn't do anything. So I got my tea for today. Um, so this here will be Tea Across the Galaxy episode. Um, got some things to talk about. Oh yeah, also too, before I even get into it, um, the week before, yeah, I was MIA only because I was busy trying to get info and to do this video that I wanted to do. So for, um, for Star Wars. And I think people will like it. Um, so I'm still doing that right now. I don't know when I will put that out. But I really want to try and get it out before the end of the year. It seems like these days are going by really, 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 really fast. Like we are already on September 1st. So yeah. And then that next week I was I was just really coming down with something. And then my, then my daughter got sick. And yeah, I'm still nursing her. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> At first, I really wasn't too sure if I was going to do do an episode, but I just said, you know what? I'll just do one. Um, so all of that aside, <laughs> my spirits mentally, I am hella drained and hella tired. I am trying to stay up. I really did not want to put this wig on, <laughs> but I did. Um, so this here, I went ahead and installed this wig on an episode like two weeks ago. It was, it's on Twitch. Actually, it's not even on there anymore, but I think I will re-put it on there. So what I did was install the wig while I was watching Rogue One, and then I call it like a Star Wars and chill episode, and it was good. I I really, really, really enjoyed it. The wig, not so much. I don't really like the wig because at first... It was just too much. This is a 360 wig, meaning that there's lace all around. So that way you can lay it down. 
I've had a 360 wig before, and that one fitted perfectly. This one feels like it's made for someone who has a super huge head. So a lot of lace came off and a lot of hair came off. And I was kind of annoyed. And then I had to pluck hair. It's annoying. Like I shouldn't have to. I just want to be able to take it out the box, put it on, lay it down. Go on about my business. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So what I ended up doing is I had to finish the rest of it off the video. And then if you look on my YouTube channel, I did a short of how I went ahead and, well, not how, but the finish look. So, but overall, I had absolute fun. And I was drinking my red wine. I was good. Listen, I think the only way I will not be able to lay, to like really put a wig on is if I have moonshine. <laughs> that won't happen. But um, other than that, yeah, it was pretty good. Like I, I really enjoyed it. The Twitch, Twitch family, they're awesome, and it just kind of like helped me spur up this idea of what I wanted to do for a video. So it's just gonna be like a regular video. It's not like talking, talking. Um, just more of getting into um the black people or I should say this one will be like black men that are in Star Wars um and where we are today so not only will I be doing that I'll be having other videos that pertain to people of color you know the Latin people because there is a huge amount of Latin men and women that are um making headwaves in the Star Wars on TV and um, Asian, uh, if there's Middle Eastern, I'm going to do like some hardcore research because I'm going to be able to shed some light on if they're behind the scenes. Um, you know, but the one thing that I have noticed doing the research, which is very like, it's weird. I love composers. I love music. And I'm a huge fan of John Williams. I am also a huge fan of um, the other composers, uh, Ludwig. Um, he did an amazing job with the, um, bo the Book of Boba Fett. And um, a few Marvel and a few DC who composed, I think it's really mostly like, is it Michael Gambonino? I Please, I don't want to mess up that name. But if you know what I'm talking about, those composers. Um, I just find it very interesting. There's no person of color that does composing on those huge franchise platform. It needs to happen. Um, I hope one day that there, there will be. So um, as far as I know, it's just really, it's really sad that in like 2022, we get 
first male director, first Asian director, and a woman. And I'm like, while I was doing the videos and putting them together, I'm just, wow. Star Wars, <laughs> you are so far behind. And one of the things that I have noticed while Star Wars or Lucasfilm, the people behind it, or I should say Kathleen Kennedy, she's kind of like making us 20 steps backwards. And I feel like George Lucas wanted to wanted to be 20 steps ahead. Because to me, if I think it was up to him, he would just hire just about anybody. And to see that now we're just now getting a black director and an Asian woman director, that's it's not cool because Star Wars is so massive. You have a huge, huge, huge fan base that's global. And it's, it's one of those things where if you have a huge platform, then you need to have the representation on this platform. So he shouldn't have waited all the way till 2022. Should have happened. Oh God, my daughter, if you hear her. <laughs> I hope she takes a nap. Um, but uh, yeah, I just feel like it should have happened years ago, like decades ago. And... It's just, it's just weird. Very weird. But nevertheless, I'm going to be doing those um, videos. Um, and there's going to be like a few different changes to the channel. I do want to um, set up a, for the book club, um, there's going to be like a non-spoiler review. And then a deep dive discussion I have to do a deep dive discussions like I I hate doing non-spoiler reviews I'm sorry it's like the minute I read a book I'm ready to talk about it so I'll be doing that and also what is coming up oh so since the Andor is coming up see Latin I can't wait for that that, that looks pretty good. Hopefully it is good. And hopefully I'm not disappointed like how I was with Obi-Wan. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So the Andor reviews, I may end up doing a watch on Twitch. And then I'll do a review on all platforms. Um, but please follow me on Twitch because I do put the videos. I think most of them is probably on there. Um, but the Star Wars and Chill, they will only be on Twitch. 
only be on Twitch because I watch when I watched the Rogue One, I watched the whole entire movie. So, um, and I will be doing that for the Andor and um or any any other Star Wars um you know, shows or movies. So yeah, that's I think that's about it. Um I'll keep you guys posted, but no, I'm not going anywhere. I was just sick. I'm I'm still sick. Um but I'm I'm getting a little better. It's just my daughter is she feels like she's making me more sick cuz she is definitely like going through the worst of it. So, um but yeah, I'm going to keep on moving for my one day a week with you guys. So, just bear with me. Um Excuse me. All right. So the first thing I wanted to talk about for the discussion or my one-sided discussion is um, the light and magic that was that's on uh, Disney Plus. And I have wanted to do a review of that. And then I said, okay, might as well just put it on, on this episode here. So, um... It was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be very honest. I'm going to be very honest. Because I think I saw it differently. But I may end up changing my mind. The way how I see it. Um, Yeah, we'll see. I don't know yet. We'll see. But um, overall, I did enjoy it because it showed how they created a lot of the things, like the Millennium Falcon, Stormtroopers, um, you know, like these were up and coming, if not fresh newbies out the water you know and they you can see that they were just fresh and to see them all come together and put these ideas together to create this film I think they were just excited to even have a job and then just excited because they're at that time this was a guy who just finished American Graffiti and you can tell that this was a world building opportunity for them to just do whatever that came to their mind and I thought that was pretty awesome now I do want to say, what I didn't like is that, okay, Mr. Lucas, you didn't like when the movie came out, Star Wars, episode four. You didn't like it. He didn't like the film. He was like, this is not what I wanted. 
And then out of nowhere, who came on to comment? Oh, Ron Howard. Um, he said, yeah, if you would have just plug in into his head, into George Lucas' head, you would have gotten what he really wanted out of Star Wars. Well, why you just didn't express that to the team? I didn't get that. So this is the problem that I have with him. He's not expressive. He just, he doesn't explain what it is that he wanted. If you look very closely, he came in, he told the guy, I think it was in episode three, and he told the guy, like, no, that's not what I wanted. And no way in there did, did he say, well, this is exactly what I want, you know, and then got descriptive. The guy was just like, oh, okay, well, just go back and, you know, redo it. Okay. No, my question is, well, what is it that you want? You have to tell me. This is your movie. This is your world building. You are creating it. We're here helping you create the film that you want. I guess nobody didn't want to do that. So then they just started creating things. The only thing he kept saying was, I just want something different. Or I want this to be a certain way. And then that was it. And then they just rolled with it. And then if they got it, they got it. But if it really wasn't what it was on screen, then... <sighs> okay. So that's my issue with him. Where it you can take this a step further and be like, okay... Well, let's get to the prequels of it all, even though they didn't show that because it was really just about the light and magic team. But George Lucas, you kind of, you kind of messed up certain people's careers because you wasn't expressive and descriptive in what you wanted it to be on screen. I'm pretty sure those prequels, he wanted it like that. If not, I'm pretty sure maybe like 80%, 70. I'm being being generous. Cause I think most of it had to do with the acting. So you have a younger kid playing a younger Anakin, and then Hayden Hayden Christensen coming in to play the teenage Anakin. And then look where their careers went, all because their acting was terrible. And that was because you wasn't helping them. You were just letting them do whatever. And I know Hayden Christensen now, it's just like, oh, you know, it was back then. You know, he's just being nice. And that's fine. You know, he just doesn't, he don't want to go through all of that again. 
But I would think that as an actor, I would need to work closely with the director. Which is the reason why you have dream teams like, (coughs) excuse me, dream teams like Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, What's another dream team? Um, There is another one. I can't think of it. There's, there's other partners and they, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Um, but of course, like after a while, you will kind of have to, okay, let's take a break, you know, sort of thing. But, um, he doesn't work with, with the team. Um, also too, which was very interesting that his first wife, George Lucas' first wife, was heavily involved with the Light and Magic team and had a lot of input. Um, We do know that he is married to a Black woman now and has been for a long time. I just say to say this, I hope he credits them all the time. Please credit them all the time because that was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into them putting this together just for him. And they loved everything about it, about that whole process, which is the reason why they kept coming back. And then, you know, later on you see them doing other movies, you know, Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic Park. Um, Terminator, I thought that was a good story. Terminator uh, with Robert Patrick. He is just, he just never takes himself seriously. He's just too funny. Um, And a couple of, oh, The Abyss. Listen, if you were part of my generation, The Abyss was way ahead of its time. That is the movie. I love that movie. I remember we used to watch that movie all the time. And I never got bored of it. So the fact that they did those graphics like that and then went on to do Terminator, that's amazing. Um, And then when they did the Jurassic Park, yeah, I, it, was, it was a beautiful story, um, especially on how they were recruiting people. They just recruited newbies. I am so sorry. The Wi-Fi is in and out. Um, So bear with me. It's just going to keep fading in and out. Hopefully I'll get a better connection. But it seems like so far it's okay. Might be a little little slow. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, my pie is like really going in and out. Um, but yeah, so overall, the, the whole entire series, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I created the Millennium Falcon. Um, 
that was that was a very interest very interesting thing. Oh God, with this Wi-Fi. Um and then the whole scene that was in episode four where I think um oh Lord, it's escaping me. It was a scene of where Vader was trying to attack Luke and then Han, you know, on the Millennium Falcon, he was, you know, trying to help him out so that way he can blow up the um blow up the the blow up the bomb. I think he was trying to blow up the Death Star, if I'm not mistaken. Um so th- the way they show that, that was pretty awesome. I don't know why is it escaping me. It's like as soon as I get on video, I'm like everything just I be catching brain farts for real. Um, and then that was it. Yeah. So overall, pretty good. But George Lucas, honey, I'm I'm happy that you you've taken a back seat. Just create the world. Now that you've created the world, the world is super big in Star Wars. Let let the others handle it. But I just think like we've come so far in this that we need to need to step our game up on it. But I still love Star Wars. Beautiful. Oh, and side note, dude. Like he really is smart. And I totally forgot about the Pixar thing. I totally forgot that he created Pixar and then sold it to Steve Jobs. I really forgot that. Yep. I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, it's on Disney+. Plus. And I think it's six episodes, six or seven episodes of it. But it was really good. Really good. And kudos to the whole team. I think they did um, receive awards for what they did with Star Wars and everything. So that was that was awesome. Because, again, that that was them literally brainstorming and taking what they had in their head and putting it on things, you know, um, replicating it. So I, I really thought that that was cool. That was real cool. Um, all right. So now that we're done with that one, let's get into my main discussion. And I mean, hey, this is the Black Alliance. So, of course, we're going to talk about the racism and everything because it looks like John Boyega is like, no, I will not return. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to. But yeah, so apparently he did this article. Now, I don't know 
don't know why. But they're always going to keep asking him, you know, if he will come back and everything. Listen, he went through a whole ordeal. Let me just say that. I know, and I'm going to be the one to say it because I'm black. So it's not going to sound good if it comes from anybody else that isn't black. You cannot discredit and you cannot dismiss what a black person has went through on a job when they are going through discrimination. I know firsthand of what that's like on multiple occasions at work. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So when we keep talking about it, we haven't gotten over it because it's a trauma. And it's kind of like going through the 12 steps of grief, of loss. Because it's still so heavy in our heads. But after time, yeah, it will be gone. It won't be forgotten, but it will be gone. Um, so I totally understand what he's saying. Because as for me, hell no, I would never go back to my job. Not after what they did. Are you kidding? So that's how he felt. He's like, no. I'm not returning. Now, let's say, because I mean, everybody gets older. And we do want to say never say never. But there, sometimes there are wounds, you know, that just won't heal. Again, this is his time. His story. And it just so happened that the first time that he talked about it, it was around um, the Black Lives Matter. And the reason why I'm starting starting back is because you can tell he was definitely going through something. Um, And obviously we all were. I... It's funny because going through the same thing, I totally understand. I could, yeah, you know, I totally get it. Um, and he was just being expressive. And it's really unfortunate that the discrimination that or the racism that happened while he was working has led to him saying, well, I don't know if if I'll ever work or have a job because, believe it or not, this is a whole white man's world, you know. But it was cool to see that J.J. Abrams and a few others had stood behind him 
when he was out protesting um, with his fellow people. And it makes me emotional because you can see the hurt and you see the pain that he was struggling with. It's so easy to sit there and say, oh, he'll return when he gets older. But that's up to him. It's not as easy as you think it is. Unless you went through the races <laughs> yourself, you won't understand that experience. So when white people sit there and say, oh, he'll return. We don't know that. That's maybe a wound that may not heal. Even if he is in his 40s. We can't just assume. For me, that job, hell no. It don't matter what age. I will never go back. Never. Don't matter how much money you, you dump on me. And that was the other thing. Oh, yeah, they'll just give him a, you know, buttload of money. It's not, a, not about the money, honey. It's not about the money. It's about the respect. He had a promising story in the beginning. And that story fell off. And because it fell off, he couldn't do his job right. He couldn't do the job right. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Like, we really have to stop with that narrative of, oh, yeah, he'll come back. Oh, yeah, with the right amount of money, he'll come back. No, discrimination and racism takes a whole nother form. At the end of the day, don't ever dismiss when a person has gone through that ordeal. That is not something to be dismissive. And I know that they don't think that they're dismissive, but it is. It is. Because you're dismissing his feelings and dismissing his trauma. Because at the end of the day, he actually did go through a trauma. And when he does talk about it and when people keep bringing it up, you're, you're legitimately reopening that bandage. And now it's like whatever he feels at the time, that's exactly what you're going to get. Whatever his feelings are, that's what you're going to get. I do have to say kudos to him for 
remaining professional. It's got to be hard. It's hard. Um, you know, if he's in therapy or if he's not in therapy, it's still, still tough. It's still tough. It's not easy. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to now. Because he did do, okay, wait. So he did, when he did the protest, and then he said that. And then I think he did a magazine interview. I believe it was GQ, one of those. And then he pretty much talked about his experience. He kind of went, the only thing is, is when we say that we went through something, that is a racism or a discrimination. I just want you to know firsthand experience. We won't get into details. You want to know why we don't get into details? Getting into the details of it hurts more. And when it hurts, we're not there to watch. Like, to have you look at us crying and going through it. Because he's, you know, a celebrity. So the fact that millions of people are watching him, he's not about to go into details. Because it probably hurts even more to even discuss it in details. That's why he only talked about the storyline of it. And he doesn't want to say something where it may backfire or hurt his career as he's worked so hard to get to where he is. So you're not going to get the details, unfortunately. You're not. And it's the same thing for me. I'm not about to sit up here and discuss that because it hurts more to even talk about it. Um, and the other part is that there is a major thing currently still going on that I definitely, I cannot talk about. So, but just if I was to sit up there and tell you, Honey, that whole company will probably come crashing down because <laughs> it's just no way. But unfortunately, I cannot do that. Um, so I I totally get where he's coming from. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, we had to deal with the racism with um. Moses Ingram. And, and see, this is here again where I was talking about her story. Her story was fine. It wasn't great. I was just about to sit there and say something very negative. 
it wasn't great. And it was the same feeling that I had when I was watching Finn's story, where it was good, but it wasn't great. And I'm sure he wanted to say something else, John Boyega, but he didn't. In other words, you're doing it again, Lucasfilm. And again, while I like Kathleen Kennedy, I feel like you are pushing us 20 steps backwards. You had the opportunity to course correct the story. This, the original story for Riva was amazing. Now, do I believe that it should have been in the Obi-Wan? Probably not. But I love the fact that the original story, it made perfect sense with the Obi-Wan. With the Finn story, not so much. Like, we had a story. And then it just went downhill. It it just lost something. And then they kill me with the, oh, I love you. Oh, no, I think I love you. I hate those stories. Can't be best friends. I mean, I don't have to fall in love with you could be best friends like you're you're not my person you're just a bestie be the bestie Ray be the bestie I don't we don't have to do all of the song and dance it's ridiculous stupid so then let's go back So who was the one? So somebody was the first one that supported Moses Ingram. I think it was Hugh and McGregor. Follow me with this. Hugh and McGregor, the nicest person you'll ever meet, I'm pretty sure. I've never met him, but he looks like he is just down to earth. Just cool. He went ahead and just supported her with no hesitations, none at all. Where the hell was Lucasfilm? Crickets in the air. I'll wait. When John Boyega was talking about the lack thereof of his story, nobody from Lucasfilm was backing him up or saying or apologized, I should say.
No apology. Nothing. Still, till this day, nothing. So when we get to Moses Ingram, <clears throat> pretty much it was just the cast. The cast was behind her. <clears throat> Lucasfilm, where were you? You see? So. We're still on this. As. You are. That person. Who. Okay. We want diversity. Okay. We got a black person. Check. We got a Middle Eastern. Check. Got an Asian. Check. All right. Got diversity. We're good. They're that person where. What are you talking about? Of course I have black friends. I do have a black friend. That's the type of person they are. Can I make it up? You can't make it up. You're still displaying racism. You're still displaying it. And we get so excited because we always assume, oh, it's going to change. It's going to change. And it still hasn't. We're in 2022. And I am one of those people who are like, You know, I won't support because of it, but I believe in certain people within the Star Wars that they are the ones that are like trying to spearhead, you know, get us forward. So I can't turn my back on those. And again, it's. So, like, this is, their fan base is global. Global. It should not be like this. It should not be where we do have fans that are racist. But Lucasfilm, I guess because they feel like, whoa, we already have, like, we got Andor. You know, he's Latino. We got Ahsoka. You know, Rosario is is Afro-Latino. Like, we have all of these. But that's not the point. The point is, is apologize. And I think that's where John Boyega is not going to return. Because there was no apology. There's no apology. So, and I'm kind of with him. Like, I wouldn't return. He didn't apologize. He didn't acknowledge. And I think he was trying to say, if I'm not mistaken, 
me see something. Okay, so he says, at this point, I'm cool off it. I'm good off it. I think Finn is at a good confirmation point where you can just enjoy him and other things, the games, the animation, but I feel like um, what is this? Episode what is it? Force Awakens. Episode seven and eight was good for me. Okay. Sorry. Be fair with the allies that I found within Joel Taylor and Jamie Foxx, Tiana Paris, Viola Davids. All these people I've been working with, versatility is my path. I don't blame you. So Boyega also discussed his experience facing racism in the Star Wars fandom, an issue that Obi-Wan star Moses Ingram dealt with earlier this year. And then Disney and Obi-Wan himself viewing Oh, Disney. But see, again, it's not Lucasfilm. Disney and Obi-Wan himself, Ewan McGregor, came to Ingram's defense and publicly decried the racist backlash she was receiving. Moses Ingram being protected makes me feel protected. Do you understand what I'm saying? It makes me feel like, okay, cool. I am not the elephant in the room because when I started, it wasn't really a conversation you could bring up. You know how they went through it. It was kind of like, let's just be silent. It wasn't a conversation you could bring up. But now to see how blatant it is, to see you and McGregor come in support for me, it fulfills my time where I didn't get the support. He continues, doesn't make me feel bitter at all. It makes me feel like sometimes you are that guy. And my dad taught me that. Sometimes you're not the guy to get the blessing. And sometimes you are Moses, you know. You lead the people to the mountain, but you see the destination. You don't get to go in. You get others to go in. And that's where you get your happiness from. And for me to see other other people accept it, and then at the same time to see the see that the studios are now like, okay, cool, this is not an elephant in the room. We need to support our Black client. It's fantastic. So that's what he was saying. And that's cool. Yeah, he's right. <coughs> he's absolutely right. When sometimes it starts off with one person and then it leads off into the others. And then the other person gets supported because now it's starting to take form of a shape. And it's being addressed. Then you're like, finally, okay. They're finally understanding. But I think one of the biggest, the biggest issue is that they said Disney in Ewan McGregor. See, again, Disney. No, you're not Lucasfilm. I need to hear from Lucasfilm. I need to specifically hear from Kathleen Kennedy. I am not saying that she is racist. What I'm saying is that let's not be that person and let's support the team. 
if you really care and really support it, you would have said something. And not for nothing. I can take it a step further. We will always be down in the totem pole. Always. They would support Latinos before they would support Black people. Because if you really think about it, you only have one Black woman on that show. Just one. But then look at the whole grand scheme of things. And they went ahead and have Giancarlo Exposito, Afro-Latino. Rosario Dawson, Afro-Latina. Diego Luna, Latino. Pedro Pascal, Latino. So we have all of those, all of them. And one Moses Ingram. You got to make it make sense. So. I don't know. I don't know. I hope. I am so sorry. Um. There needs to be changes. It needs to change. And, you know, considering the climate that we're living in right now, we need, we really need to come together. There are too many things going on. Racism should be like, far off the list. There are so many other important things going on. You know, more important. Like, we have people dying. <laughs> With Russia and Ukraine. Wait, hold on. They went ahead and took you know, uh, arrested Brittany Griner, black woman, black lesbian woman at that, for a vape pen. We have shortage, food shortage. That's important. Gas prices. Come on, man. There's too many things going on in this world that do we really have this energy to be displaying racism out here? No. Come on. We got to do better. Got to do better. If anything, 
I always, always believed that, you know, um, franchises or movies, music can help bring people together, different types of people together. Um, but it doesn't seem to be doing that. It seems like it's working the opposite. And I mean, that could be because of the new generation. I don't know, but excuse me, but this is, this is crazy. Like, why should we have to talk about this here as a main story? Like, we should be talking about how, you know, his character is coming back or, you know, he's character is going to be in a book or um, he's going to be shooting a cameo scene. You know what I mean? But instead, we're dealing with the negativity. That negativity is just, it's, it's messy. And on top of that, like, even dealing with the racism of it all, it that is something that can really mess with your mental health. Really, really, really mess with your mental health. The victim of it all. Um, like you, you have no idea what it can do to your psyche. It's. You know, for a long time, I mean, I can speak for me. Because, um, again, it seemed like we're between me and John Boyega. It seems like we're going through legit almost the same thing. Not the actual situation, but just the fact of the emotions, the feelings that we have. Um, yeah, because sometimes talking about it, it just, it psychs you out. It psychs you out. It makes you just not want to, not want to go back or do the thing that you wanted to do. But for some reason, you just have to kind of like put things aside and just, all right, that was one experience may not happen again. For me, it's happening kind of multiple times in different jobs. And that bothers me because I've been a stay-at-home now and I am like terrified of going back to work. I may be strong, but there's only so much racism and discrimination that I can take as a black woman. So, and it's the whole point that now I have a daughter, and that scares me because she's going to go through the same thing. 
but at least I can be there for her because I don't have anybody over here to help me go through all of that. Tell you the truth, the way I was venting is just like, you just say it and say it out loud. But I did, we did have therapy. Um, We had to have therapy. So, but it still hurt. It still hurts nonetheless. Um, and then it's it's like trying to find that um that courage just to move forward and you know keep going. But now I gotta keep going because my daughter needs me. And so it sucks. <laughs> Absolutely sucks. That's why I said it's like, come on. There's so many important things going on. So many other things. Oh, my God. Mm. So I hope that um, in all of this, I mean, I know they're just going to keep on asking him and asking him and asking him. Oh, I just wish they would. I wish they just don't talk about it. Just let him breathe from it. Um, And I hope that he finds the strength uh, of forgiveness. But if not, it's okay. It's just being able to just move on mentally, being able to move on. And that's what I'm working on is moving on mentally. Um, will I ever forget? No. <laughs> Hell no. Um, nope. Nope. Can't forgive or forget. So, yeah. And, it, and the same, same thing could be said with the, um, on the DC, uh, what's his name? Ray Fisher? Could be said the same thing about that because a lot of people were like, well, it's not like he's saying anything. You know, he's being so cryptic. He's being cryptic because talking about it hurts. And I um, I don't think it was so much as the investigation I mean, I do believe some part of that was because it was being investigated, but he's not ready to talk about it. And when he's ready to, he'll say it. But at the end of the day, we can't keep being dismissive to other people's trauma and what they went through. And just because we don't want to say anything doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. It just means that we're not ready to talk about it. You know, just think about it. Like, say if there was, you know, God forbid someone was raped, you think they're going to sit up there and talk about it? Like, right after? Hell no. Not about to go and live through that trauma. Are you kidding? You know. 
that's just that's just something that that you know you just have to respect for right now or respect until they are ready to talk about it and who's to say that that they don't know that other people don't know it's just the world don't know because they're not ready to share it to the world because it's a lot of people and when you do share those experiences and the trauma of it now it's on every platform now you got to deal with that you also have to deal with there's people that are going to be for you and there's people that are still going to be against you they hate nobody don't want to go through that because that's a whole nother trauma it's a whole nother layer So I think um I think a lot of non-black just need to take a step back and just dial it down. Just dial it down a bit. You have to be a little bit more understanding. Of course you won't understand what we go through. But just know that we have gone through something. And we're not comfortable talking to a non-black person about it. It's no. And then, you know, not for nothing, but there are some black people where wouldn't even bat an eye. Like, I'm not about to sit there and have this conversation with you because you, for some reason, don't seem to understand because you may not have experienced that, and good for you. But, honey, (laughs) there are some of us that have lived through it majority of their life. But the minute that you go through it once, it's so traumatizing it's so traumatizing and it could be traumatizing to the point of it's you know depression of you know so we you know we hope that John Boyega gets the help that he needs um and you know I just we just got to leave it alone. We really got to stop asking stop asking him the question. You know, but of course, that's their job. It's you know, it's almost like a clickbait to tell you the truth. But what can you do? And he's being very very honest and very professional about it, so I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, I think that was it. Ah, man, that's like an hour. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that this is the type of 
talk and discussion that we should be having. Um, I hope that this was a very good um, topic and it should be a conversational piece amongst other people. Um, if you, it's always going to be subjective. Okay. But facts is facts. We have our experiences, y'all don't. It's always going to be that way. But don't come to me with your opinions when I went through it. Don't dismiss me when I went through it. I think that's the message we should be um, should be saying to others don't oh hey so I was just talking about the John Boyega article and um, his you know the talk of the racism and how he didn't uh, want to return back to Star Wars so and I was pretty much finished you just caught me like right at the end of that. Um, but yeah, so I was just saying because of his experience, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, want him to talk about it in depth and he's not ready to, you know, he's not ready to talk. He's not, I don't think he'll ever talk about it. It's a trauma that he's experienced, and I thought the article was actually pretty good. Um, nevertheless, it was pretty good. But uh, I just wish that they would just stop asking him if he would return to Star Wars because it's different for when, and I can also say that, it's different for when you have someone like Harrison Ford Ooh, the grumpy old man. He just doesn't want to be bothered. Like, he feels like when he's done, he's done. You're not getting me back. But it's different because John Boyega is a black man. And he went through a racism at his own work. Harrison Ford didn't. So his trauma, John Boyega's trauma, is what's preventing him from not returning back to Star Wars. The other issue is, is that when you keep asking him, you're opening up that wound again. And kudos for him for being very professional about it. But what you're getting is his emotion at the moment of how he feels. And I think if they was to stop asking him, he can kind of breathe and move on and being able to navigate his mental health of it. Because it's still a trauma. 
Like his emotions are still raw. And he hasn't really had the time to fully grasp everything because people keep talking about it. And then, thank you. And also, too, what even opened up the wound, and it's not, you know, it's not their fault, but with the Moses Ingram of how she faced the backlash. But what he said was a very good point is that, yeah, it started with me. And now with her, people backed her up. And that was great. My issue is Lucasfilm didn't back her up. Disney backed her up and Ewan McGregor. At some point, we need Lucasfilm to back our Black people. We can't just keep having the, oh, we have, we have one Black person? Check. All right, we're good. We got diversity. It's not how it goes. It's not how it goes. I would prefer if Lucasfilm or Kathleen Kennedy would have said something. Or in the Vanity Fair article where you had a whole Latin X cover <laughs> of Diego Luna, Pedro Pascal, Rosario Dawson. You know, in there she could have mentioned because I think then we would have noticed how tone deaf she could be. That's what I'm saying. Um, about the John Boyega, because clearly the Vanity Fair came out um, months before the Obi-Wan came out. So I think what he's, what he wants, what John Boyega wants is an apology. But we all know we're not getting that. And I and the reason why I put in Harrison Ford because it took them a buttload of money to give him for him to come back for Force Awaken. Again, he didn't go through anything. He's just a he's just an old white man that just you know, at some point, he just gets tired of doing the same the same thing. He just doesn't want to do it. With John Boyega, it's different. You will not be able to dump a buttload of money in his lap <clears throat> to get him to come back because it's more of, oh, you're paying for my trauma now? Just saying, you have like at what point 
is he going to get the get this apology? He can get it privately. He can get it publicly. But you can tell that they did not apologize at all. It's all cool to have people supported by you, especially non-black. But it's the whole point of, I think he is, from my my point of view, and what I'm seeing is that he looked like he wants apology from a certain person for the racism that had been displayed and wasn't treated or it wasn't stopped, that it continued. And I I believe that he actually did address it and it just fell on deaf ears. That's what I think. So, and then, you know, with the Moses Ingram, with the trolls, I mean, there's they're just going to be trolls. It's, it is what it is. I mean, I wouldn't, if I was her, I wouldn't have paid no attention to it. I don't even. To me, it's, if you can't say it in front of my face, honey, it was never said. <laughs> you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. It's your opinion. But we have to we have to stop being very dismissive of black people and their trauma and what goes on in the workplace. It's just it's it's disgusting. Um and I know a lot of people don't really, you know, they don't believe that they have done that. But some people do. Subconsciously. They do. So no, I don't I don't think that he's gonna return. Um if anything, this is just gonna be y'all have the character. Yeah and just like how he said, y'all could put him in the books, animation, you know, whatever. He ain't going to voice the guarantee. Find somebody else. See, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but it was cool. Cool to have him. I, you know, he's just, I think he's just very disappointed. He's just disappointed in how it, how it all went. Um, And because again, as I keep saying, Star Wars is loved globally. Like you have so many different ethnicity and race. It's just mind-boggling that that would take place. And for that, we, in 2022, we're just now getting a female director we're just now getting a black director we're just now putting a black woman you know a part of a you know male white male cast and then you know also got um a, another black man 
on screen, like all of this should have happened decades ago. Decades. But again, we'll always be down in the totem pole. Always. It's, it's you know, it's terrible. Very terrible. So I hope I hope there will be changes, you know. Um happy to see that there's a, a lot of Latinos in Star Wars. Um I'm sure they'll back them up. Cause that's how it always goes. What can you do? And I don't know. I, I don't know what, what the fate of this this is going to be, but I hope that when another, <coughs> excuse me, another black person comes on, let's stop. I mean, you know what's funny that, you know what? No, it's not that weird. I'm a, um, I'm a one up. I know I've been on this for too long, but let me one up this. And I need people to really understand because there is a difference. Donald Glover didn't go through any of this when he was doing Han Solo, uh, the solo movie. Everybody loved him. You want to know why everybody loved him? And on and off screen, his presence reaches to white audience. John Boyega doesn't. John Boyega is definitely pro-black. I'm not saying that Donald Glover isn't pro-black. He is. It's just his him as a person it's very hard to explain but when we're when we talk about other black people there are some black people that actually gravitate white audience and the white people know it and they feel more comfortable with that person with that black person Donald Glover is that person John Boyega isn't so I can totally understand how he would get that get the racism and not Donald Glover I know it's going to be hard for a lot of you guys to understand but there is certain Black people, especially black men, that gravitates to the white audience. And when they do, the white people, it's like sucking them in. Oh no, he's he's so great. Oh no, we can put him in everything. Oh, we would love to hang out with him because he's, you know, he's a part of us. John Boyega isn't. He's always been pro-black. You can see that. 
and he's Nigerian. Like he's the things that they have went through with the British and everything. Come on. He's definitely pro-black. So you're not going to get that from certain from certain black people. But when they do go through it, again, it's still their trauma, you know. I I will not say that Donald Glover didn't have ever gone through. I'm just saying it's it's the aura that he presents in front of people. Now, Atlanta, yes, is black, you know, pro-black this and everything. But um there's a certain a certain aura that he gives off to people where it gravitates towards white people. And again, John Boyega doesn't have that. He doesn't have that aura at all. And it's just like me. I don't have that aura. I'm pro-black. Like, I I don't care. <laughs> I'm pro-black. I, I am for my black people. And I am definitely for my black females. I don't gravitate to, I don't have that aura that gravitates to white people at all. Um, and you would see that. I am a New Yorker, so you would probably hear that in the accent. But yeah, I could care less how it comes off to other people. I don't kiss ass. I don't do none of that. I'm not saying that Donald Glover does do that. It's just there's a certain presence that he presents and it just it gravitates to the to the white people. So yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's again, it's definitely one of those conversational pieces that a lot of people should have. Um, especially amongst the Star Wars fans, because apparently the fans were are the ones. Um you know, that <clears throat> somewhat troll, <laughs> trolls certain, certain people, uh, like the whole Moses and Groom situation. But we need to have these conversations. Um, but I think one of those things in there is that please, for the non-Black, never, ever be dismissive towards a Black person's trauma or whatever they went through and you don't get the info or details that you need is because the minute that they say it out loud they're going to break down they're going to start crying they don't want you to see them go through all of that so yeah but um i've been on that for a long time I'm from Brazil, by the way, and those kinds of conversations. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely necessary. This is the reason why I have this channel is to have these discussions because I noticed that in the Star Wars in general, and I'm a huge fan. You know, I love it. Um, 
but we we the whole point of this channel is to talk about those things that nobody else don't want to talk about and it needs to come from the right messenger and i am that messenger it will not come off right if a white person says it it's just not gonna be right so i hope that you know more people would talk about this but we can't be uncomfortable talking about it just say what you need to say and we listen and you know take it for face value but also too for non-blacks really need to listen to black people i think that's you can say that you're an ally but if you're not a good listener you don't listen to what we are actually saying, you can come off kind of tone deaf and be dismissive towards that person's feelings. You know, so we definitely, I don't have any problems having these conversations with anybody. Um, in fact, even when I do go through uh go through a discrimination or a racist comment, I clap back. Um, or you will see like a whole ugly version <laughs> happen. Um, it's usually at the moment. And I do because it's like, wait, what the hell was just, was just said to me? And then... There are times when you just get really surprised because you're like, wow, I never thought that would come out of this person's mouth. But we do have that. We do have that. So, you know, just be mindful. Got to be mindful. Everywhere. Globally. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. So that's the reason why I have this channel. Um, you know, to connect with, with anybody. But again, this is a safe space. Safe space. I enjoy anybody's comment. Anybody that has a question, you know, we can talk about it. Um, you know, especially if it's something that's dealing with Star Wars. It's one of those channels. Um, especially when it deals with mental health. So, but yeah. Definitely. And thank you, uh, Rod Salas. Thank you. Um, but I have gone on. I will have to do another video about it. <clears throat> um, like a whole deep dive discussion. Like, definitely about this. Yeah, I can completely understand, but it's not my place of speech. I never passed through a racism situation. Even some people saying that we have reverse yeah no and i and i totally understand i totally understand and kudos for you if it never happens you don't have to talk about it what i'm saying is if a person actually 
<clears throat> if a black person is actually saying something, um, it could be just in a regular conversation, you know. And when you say, when they say what is happening, you know, what has happened, it may not be in a whole lot of details, but then you could just be like, oh, okay, okay, well, how did that make you feel, you know? And they will, I promise you, they will take that and be like, oh, wow, you're actually listening, you know, really paying attention to what I'm saying. Um, because all they want is just for someone to actually hear them out. But again, there are some, especially men, will not, you know, they're not going to go into details because they're not there to be that emotionally invested in it. <clears throat> um, and especially if you haven't gone through the situation yourself, um, but yeah, there are some that will, you know, it could be just a regular conversation. You probably wouldn't even, wouldn't even grasp it. But if you're like really paying attention, you know, they'll probably say it in mid-passing. And then it's like, oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know you went through that. Oh, wow. Sorry. Or they could just be saying something else like, yo, like this cop went ahead and like pulled me over. And if it's coming from a black person. It's usually like, oh, damn, what happened? You know, were you okay? Did the cop do something? You know, and then they'll just go into it. And some probably won't. They just be like, nah, I don't feel like talking about it. Okay. All right. I mean, did it make you, you know, how did it make you feel? If they say it. Okay, if they don't, then just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. But it's just more of, you know, just a support system. Um, do I believe that there's a reverse racism? I mean, there's been racism for centuries. Ain't nothing reverse, backwards, forwards. Racism is racism. You're going to go through it. You know. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't believe that. I really don't. So, but um, thank you for tuning in. Um, you can catch the playback. I'll be loading it up, and um, hopefully I will be on next week. It is a pure joke. It's a whole joke. <laughs> yes, I will see you soon. I will definitely be doing a watch of the Andor episode on that Thursday. Not Wednesday, obviously, because I know it is coming on Wednesday. Um, but on the 22nd, I will be doing a watch along. And I'm still deciding. I don't know yet. No, because I really want to get some of these videos out. <sighs> I will probably wait to do another live stream up until that Andor. So for the next two weeks, I'm just going to be diving into uh, doing editing videos and um, 
So just wait until the 22nd and I'm going to do the watch along. Just do a andor watch and review. Okay. So have a good week or the next two weeks. I will see you guys next time. This is the way. Peace.